Concert Cast. Concert Cast. Concert Cast time, Jim. It is. 2023. Uh, hard to believe, isn't it? Very much so. We have two wonderful sponsors of this Concert Cast. First, KC Strings. Yep. Located down in Mission, Kansas. Uh, been over 30 years of providing musical instruments, stringed instruments, I'd say. <laughs> if yeah. I had to guess. Well, you know, they got great instrument makers out there. A lot of they make their own instruments. They also, I think, buy and sell other instruments. And they also, I will sh- do a little shout out here. They're always really good about highlighting local performances on their social media. So, yes. like the week of our concerts, we're always tagged and along with a bunch of others in the community and that I just think that's really a great service to do. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of or I don't say lots, but there's several places you could buy things. I think when it's someone local and it's someone that's plugged into the community, and especially, and I'll speak as a former string player, stringed instruments, it's... Very personal. Very personal, and it's something that you can't get just by window shopping. You want someone that understands them, that understands what you're trying to achieve with the instrument and your budget and all that kind of stuff, and... When you can bring stuff in and from other places and make it yourself, you get really a great selection. So You need someone that you can say, this doesn't quite feel right. Yeah. And when they say how and you say, I can't explain it, right. they, they, can, can, they can grab the instrument right. and they, they can, can usually hear they can why get you. They can right. get you yep. the answer you need. Yep. So caseystrings.com, they've been a great supporter for the Northern yes. Symphony and our youth ensembles for many years, and we appreciate their ongoing support. Our other sponsor today is the Youth Music Academy, Jim. Yeah, the Youth, Youth Music Academy is actually a run by Sherry Yoder, who plays in the Northland Symphony Orchestra Director at North Kansas City High School. It's a great, uh, primarily started as a summer program, like summer string workshop, and they've expanded. I was a clinician one year and had a great experience with them working with their string group. Um, they offer uh, lessons. Um, and just they're really just designed to support students on their educational journey in music and improvement along the way. And they, they are really um, community-minded and really try to uh, reach out and provide support in many, many ways. Great organization. Um, if you're looking for something to get involved with in the summer particularly, um, that's a great one to do. Yep. And you can learn more about them at youthmusicacademy.org. Jim. John. This is the Pine Ridge Concert. It is. It's coming up. It is. February 11th. That's a Saturday Saturday night. 7.30. Absolutely. Pine Ridge Presbyterian. Yes. I am... So this is always the concert that usually is at the back of my mind when I'm looking at the season one because I, I don't normally play You rarely play, on play it. yes. And two, because it's, um, yeah, I guess that's usually why. Just that. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a reduced size. But yes. almost every year when I take the time then to actually look through it, it's actually typically the most intriguing yes. set of music because of the restrictions we have on size and yes. uh, instrumentation. For, the, for many of you, you know this, but in case you don't, our third concert the season from, gosh, going probably close to a decade now, has been at Pine Ridge Presbyterian Church, a beautiful space and a wonderful acoustic. And they have, they're have great hosts, and we've uh, really been thrilled to be able to do our concerts there. But as you said, um, we can't take the whole band, can't take the whole group. And so the smaller environment, I will say, has posed some challenges for me as a music director, but they're great challenges. They're like, you know, how can we... Uh, do a varied program in the space with with smaller groups. We've certainly done wind groups. We've done string groups. We've had smaller classical size orchestras. We've had a variety of soloists over the years. So you know, I kind of put it under that forced creativity um, umbrella where here are your constraints. Make it happen. The last year it was the opera concert, yeah. right? Which is also kind of a whole variety show of things. Right. Well, it's forced creativity, but also 
there's a, a, the, a safety net that everyone kind of realizes it's forced creativity. Yes. Right? If you were to oh, take right. a normal North Kansas City concert and, and so, throw yes. in a whole bunch of this stuff, you'd yes. be like, why are they only playing with half of their... Yeah, and their not, only, not only the audience, I think some of the orchestra right. members would be like, hey, what's up? Right, so there's right. a little bit of freedom yeah. not only in what you get to, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, if this doesn't right. maybe work, right. there's like kind of a, there's a reason yeah. why. And it, but it's, it allows everybody to be open, I think, to the adventure of hearing yeah. things they don't normally hear and being willing to do so, understanding that they're hearing things in a non-traditional space. Yeah, right? and I, I certainly hope that's the case. And I would say, you know, over the last many years, I've approached it that way as a way of, like, you know, flexing our muscles a little yeah, bit, stretching, yeah, doing something a little bit different. So, so what's on the docket? What's on the menu? Well, this year I decided to go with the Strings and Friends theme. So primarily we have string orchestra pieces, but yet we have... Some friends joining Some friends. us along the way. Um, so it's a little bit of a safer bet to do the string orchestra thing as far as fitting everybody in and all that. But um, I am really excited about this program. Um, of course, when am I not? Um, but uh, because it just represents some interesting things. So um, we have a lot of works on this program that, are, that we've never done since I've been on the, on, on the podium here. Um, and then we have some that are rarely done. I often think this is kind of like the concert of hidden gems. Like this is where I try to like put that one in that everybody's like, oh, what a great work that I've never heard of. Right. But it's not always by people, and we'll get into it obviously, yeah. but not always by people that you wouldn't know either. There's some, right, but right. there are recognizable composers yep. on here, even recognizable yep. tunes. Like it's, yep. it, there will be things that's not all going to be, you oh, know, absolutely, yeah. stuff that you've never heard of. Or, Correct. You know, even people by people you've never heard right. of. Right. So. so we're going to kick things off with the French composer, Pyrenee, with his Serenade for Strings. And this is just... This is just a charmer. Like, we will play it and you will smile. It is just, it is maybe four minutes long. It is tuneful. Um, you know, he was primarily an organist. Again, like, like a lot of times when I think of, when I think of Pirnay, you know, I think organ. I think he did some conducting, French. <laughs> um, but I, I did not know this work um, until I stumbled upon it. Um, and he... He uh, died in thir- 1937, so born in 1863, so he bridges that kind of late Romantic period, early 20th century. And he, you know, there's a little bit of classical style in this little string work, but it's really just, it's just charming. That's, I don't know how other way to say it. It's just delightful. Not heavy, light. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, then we're going to kick it off. Yeah, and then we're going to go across the English Channel and go to England for Gerald Finzi. Um, Finzi is a, is a composer that I encountered early in my life because of the clarinet. He wrote uh, not only a clarinet concerto, uh, but five bagatelles, which, like, you know, a good high school clarinetist would learn these, right? Or, or like freshmen in college. It's in, right. Clarinet solo standards. Yes, yeah. yes, that most other people don't know. Um, and they're really delightful. And he's written, uh, he, he has some really wonderful choral works. But this piece, um, which is a weird word, eclogue, um, which uh, is for strings and our friend Tracy Johnson, who will play piano. Uh, Dr. Tracy Johnson um, played this piece with us in 2010 when we did it the first time. Um, so it's great to be able to come back to the piece um, after Oh man, that's that's a lot of years. That's, that's a lot of years. Um, and with the same person, mm-hmm. and it was conceived as the slow movement of a piano concerto, and he just never he never did the rest. Um, Finzi bo- uh, died in fifty six nineteen fifty six. He was born in nineteen oh one. So 
kind of cut short. He started this in 1929 and like tinkered with it his entire life. Just the second movie, like he never, hmm. never did it. So it was actually published uh, posthumously, like you know, by his, by the estate. And oh man, there. It, well, first of all, it has that really similar Von Williams English pastoral feel for so much of it. And then there's just amazingly dramatic sections in it, and um, it. It it I just I love this work and I've loved it for a long time. Um, it's it's really um, expansive in what it covers, um, and it it really takes you on a little journey. And it's a lot of conversation. Like the piano makes a statement, then the strings make a statement, and the piano makes a statement, kind of back and forth, and then it all gets layered on top of each other, and then it unwinds the same way. So I think, I think um, for for all of you who were at the concert in two thousand ten, uh, you'll enjoy hearing it again. Uh, but in case it doesn't quite jog your memory, I think I think people are going to love this. So um, next up, Donizetti. So Donizetti is a pretty well known name, primarily in the world of opera. Uh, and we are going to have another friend join us, uh, Dr. Shara Wagner, who's our principal clarinetist. And this is a clarinet concertino, so it's for clarinet and strings. Um, now I know when you hear clarinet concertino, like me, you think of the Weber concertino. For uh, obviously. Uh, obviously. Um, a concertino is like, uh, sometimes it's described as a mini concerto. Uh, this is actually sort of structured in two movements, but they run together. So it's like a slow opening and then a fast section. Um, and I was surprised, this is another a piece that I did not know, which as a clarinetist, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say, um, but he wrote this early, early in his career. Of course, the dude wrote like 70 operas, so things get overshadowed yeah, pretty quickly. Bit, yeah. But um, particularly in one of, our more, one of our recent rehearsals with the soloist, there are moments where it's like the clarinet is singing an opera aria. Like it is, I mean, you can take the opera out of the Donizetti, but no, they, well, I can take the clarinet. I don't know. There's a statement there I can't figure out, but you know Apparently what I'm saying. Clearly he was working his way up. Yeah. He had yeah, the bones. Yeah. Him, yeah. You can give the opera composer a clarinet piece and it's going to sound like opera. Uh, that's that's the takeaway. But it is it is great. Uh, Shara sounds amazing. It's very virtuosic. Um, so that, I think that'll, that'll always be a great pull. Um, and then we're going to go to Percy Granger, um, uh, who's most people know as like, oh, the Australian composer. Because... Or the tractor manufacturer. You know, <laughs> I think it's two different people. Spelled the same way, though. Um, but he also is very cosmopolitan. So we think of him as, like most of us in the music world, like, you know, if you run up to somebody and say, name an Australian composer, the only one we're going to name is Percy Granger. Um, and he also was, um, you know, 1882, 1961. Um, but he was a concert pianist. He toured extensively. He was in England researching folk songs. He was in the United States. Um, and so his music is is really quirky. Um, he, I think he was a quirky dude. Um, and so there's many things that make him unique. Um, I wish I could, I wish I would have brought some of the sheet music that the musicians are looking off of for this piece, because the adverbs that he uses are unlike any other. So you'll get like roughly, like play it roughly. Um, he loves using to the four to something should be emphasis. Um, perky. Um, <laughs> Uh, prickly. Um, so it's not your typical allegro andante tenuto right. language. Um, this piece is also interesting. So we're doing mock Morris, and so it's based off like the English Morris dances. So it's very much like a dance. Um, and this is, the original one was um, for solo piano, and we're doing obviously the string orchestra. And it has three violin parts. So the violin sections divided into three, or um, 
how does he call them? Fiddles. There's three fiddle parts. It's very much a fiddle tune. And I think the violas are called like larger fiddles or like (laughs) alto fiddles or whatever. Uh, But um, it's... They love that. Oh, yeah. It's a... It's a... It is... I mean, we're going to end... We'll do this right before intermission and it will be... I mean, it'll get... It'll be in your head. It's a... It's it's the definition of a jaunty tune. Um, Some great lyrical stuff mixed in there with this, you know rough and tumble whatever little dance he's doing um we're having a lot of fun with it it's really a great piece and then we hit intermission and then change things up a bit um we are going to do by arvo pert the estonian composer who's still alive today he's born 1935 a piece called fratras um I, I would not be surprised if some in the audience recognize this because it is used in some movies um, and it exists in many different forms. So when he wrote this originally, he really doesn't he doesn't he didn't establish a specific instrumentation. So like there's piano and violin versions of this. There's, you know, different things that we're doing one for strings and percussion. And so. This is an example of a minimalistic piece of music. And minimalism, as the name implies, is basically a composed... It's, it's like the forced uh, restricted creativity. Mm-hmm. You restrict yourself to a very small amount of musical material, and then you can see what you can spin out of it. So in this case, it's really nine chords. That's all it is. Um, and it is... Uh, they're stacked in different triadic forms um, to create... It's, it is... I mean, it's very zen. Like, I, it is very meditative. Like, most minimalistic music mm-hmm. is. Like, you can you can just sit there and, like, zone out, right, and just absorb. That's what it is. Um, and so the percussion, which you are so kindly playing, is... Cla- I'm, a fr- I'm a friend. Yeah, you are a friend. You're one of our friends. Is claves and drum with the strings. And the other thing that's interesting about this that, I, that I'll point out that I think... I think there's a lot of different, cha- lot of different ways music can be challenging. And I would say that three, maybe four, I might add one, of our musicians have, an, have a very challenging situation with this piece. Um, one of our bass players and a couple of our cellists play the same pitch for 10 minutes. The entire piece. They don't change at all. They just play that pitch. Part of the minimalistic thing. It creates a pedal, a drone, right? And, you know, technical passages can really present some challenges, but... Like, staying in tune, staying constant with the tone, uh, knowing where you are. <laughs> um, when you're doing the same thing for 10 minutes, it, that's, I think, a different level of challenge, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I, when we first did it, I apologized to him um, for this. Um, but, like, I feel like they were, like, when we got done with it, like, I felt like they were, like, at one with the pitch, right? <laughs> I am the A, the A is in me, you know, I mean, because they're just doing it for so long. Um, but it is coming together. It's a really, it's a really gorgeous piece. Um, we did a piece that was not similar to the piece in in the way it sounds, but similar in the minimalism last year, I think, that was, and I'm blanking on it. Yes, it was, the, uh, it was English, the, though, the Lento, right? the Howard Skempton yeah. Lento. Yes, where very, it very much. Min- where it was yes. very meditative, but also presented the same sorts of challenges yes. where you have to make something that is not by itself interesting. Right, and yeah. he doesn't even write it in a way, I would say for at least this one, that that makes it easy to be interesting to the listener. Like right. it, it is all in the 
the musicians hey, literally yes. like it's like I'm yes. not even going to write this in a way that's naturally interesting. Right. It's going to be up to you all yep. to communicate and that yep. feeling to somebody and let them feel what we all hope they feel. And that's when it's almost when it's easier that way, it's actually a lot harder. Yes, to yes. Do. It's like playing Twinkle Twinkle Little yes. Star in a way that moves somebody emotionally. I think that's very correct. And I think the difference between like the piece we did last spring, where it was like the whole large ensemble, right? It still was minimalistic, but we had like those walls of sound and you had the color changes that came yeah. with like, you know, the brass did nothing for four minutes. They played a whole bunch and they did nothing for four minutes, right? right. Where this is all the same string color. Now, um, we are so. Uh, to get into how we how we do what you just said, um, and you may I don't sure if you heard this in rehearsal or not. As I was reminding the orchestra, um, we do there are shifts in tone color, but it's much more subtle than like last year, right? So um, uh, the opening statements are muted, and then the mutes are removed. So that's it's just tone, it's a change. Mm-hmm. We start with no vibrato in the strings, well, and everybody, all the strings, and then we start phasing in the vibrato, the warming of the sound, and then we phase that out on the back end of that. So, you know, those are some of the things that some of that's in the score, and some of it's just like, hey, let's. Right. Let's well, hopefully, everyone that was here last year will be here this year because I think it's a good. The, the Skimpton was like kind of yep. a nice intro yeah, into yeah. this. You know, this one I think is probably a little yeah. bit more challenging. Yeah, for sure, um, for sure. To listen to, not in, yep. the, and not in a bad way, just as a, you know, like you said, it's just a little bit more reduced. Yeah. By, you know, yep. I, I was much more interested and immediately thought of it yesterday when we were going through it. Was like immediately was taken back to that. Yeah. But had yeah. I not been. Right, if you like, had not have that. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, and that's the whole. Yeah. The whole like I wish I could know. say it was all premeditated no, 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 that way, that and it wasn't. But, but that's, that's <laughs> what we talk about, like, like yeah. how do you listen to music, and why yeah, yeah, do you listen yeah. to music, and why do you listen to things you may not naturally listen to? It's like right. it's for these, like you you start with the stuff that's easy, and then you know you start with Sostakovich five, and then you move <laughs> work on your to, way like, from there. Yeah. Other Sostakovich yeah. things, yeah. right? Yeah, harder absolutely. To yeah, to because you you get yeah. a little taste of it. And so. we may have talked about this on a previous thing, and maybe it's something we'll talk about in a, an upcoming. Uh, podcast but i had i was really fortunate that when i was in high school and band i had a friend who was a year older than me who really was smart in the way he would introduce me to certain composers and music so like the first time i heard the music of gustav mahler was with my friend but he started with like the correct symphony right, right. and then and for that matter the first time i heard bob dylan was with the same friend but he picked the right album right mm-hmm. so i think that there's a lot of there's a lot of that's a. I think that's a fascinating area. Like how, like we should make up guides. Like yeah, we should we should, we should yeah. make sure we have our composer friend here. For yes, yeah, for absolutely, for absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we're going to do that after intermission. So I, I, that's on purpose, right? Intermission's the palate cleanser. It's the drink of water before you start sampling the next round. Um, then we move to Franz Schubert. Everybody loves Schubert. Um, you know, poor Schubert. He died at thirty-one, uh, but he cranked out like fifteen hundred works, which is like ridiculous and like well over 600 of them were for voice right um and i again i don't know how i found this salva regina i found it a couple of years ago and i'm like i, I <clears throat> i'm generally a fan of schubert honestly i'm much more of a fan of like his piano stuff and whatever um but this is for solo voice so another friend who is a good friend of mine, <laughs> and that's my wife Nicole <laughs> will be joining uh, so us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, I, we, I've had it for a while, and I talked to her about it even like a couple years ago. And uh, but again, slotting it in the right spot. And um, so this is interesting to me because it's a sacred, right? Salvo Regina, one of the Mary, Marian 
texts from the Catholic Church. Um, and when you think about Schubert, like he's the master of the art song, right? That's all secular poetry. That's all. So not that he didn't do sacred works and he, he did do um, like several masses and some of them are incredibly popular. And a matter of fact, some of their, some of the movements from those masses are still sung in Catholic and Episcopal and church services as part of their service music. But like for solo singer, this is kind of, I think, a significant thing. Uh, he, he wrote, he did write a handful of these. Um, and this one really appealed to me. And we were, um, it, it, it's just got some tricks in it, which I really love. There are some parts where, like, I would say when we start this work, you know, art songs always for piano and singer. So this is a different already, right? It's he, so Schubert made it to be for strings and singer. It's very much Schubert, like, oh, we, we know this. Okay, you know, lovely melodies, mm-hmm. um, appropriate, stylistically appropriate accompaniment, right? And then we'll have this like little Mozartian section, uh, and and so that's kind of like uber classical section, like okay. And then it's like here comes like all the chromatics, right? Here comes the sharps and the flats, and all of a sudden we get into this almost drama esque minute. Which, if you know, like we don't need to get in all the text, know that, but the text, you know, if you know the translation, all that, it, he's real. I mean, that's what Schubert was great about, right? Like, re- like taking the text and reflecting it, even in the the music that's going underneath the singer. And it's just, it, it is. There's more, more than meets the eye with this Schubert piece. I'll put it that way. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's great. Uh, so that's uh, that's that, and then we will end the concert with the Bartok Romanian folk dances. Now we did do this in two thousand two, so <laughs> I think it's long enough to bring it back. I think so. I, I don't think any. I hope the board wouldn't be like, "Gosh, Jim, we just did this one." <laughs> um, this like, and there's also kind of another couple themes running through here. Like, um, Mock Morris was could could be piano or strings, right? Um, the Romanian folk dances started life as piano works, and it, it, it this also exists in many forms, kind of like um, uh, the part, the part of it, the fratres, um, because the Romanian folk dances exist for solo violin and piano, um, piano only, um, chamber orchestra, which is when we did it last strings, and it's like six wind players. I'm sure we did it at Piner. <laughs> <laughs> or another or another smaller location. And then this time we're actually doing the string orchestra version. So this is the first time we've done this version, but I, it all counts. Um, uh, It'll still be familiar. Yeah, yeah, you recognize the tunes. Um, and so they're called Romanian folk dances. They're actually from Transylvania, which then became part of Romania. And this is very much in that early 20th century emphasis on preserving folk music that uh, so many composers did. Bartok is actually Hungarian. Um uh, but uh, it is, there are seven dances, but most of them are a minute or less, or maybe like two minutes or less, right? And they kind of, they there's not much break between them um, as we go. And it's, it's um, when we get into the last three, uh, there's no stopping. We just roll right through everything and it's high energy. We've got kick dances and sash dances and, you know, it's, it's uh, very enthusiastic and a great way to end this program. So I'm excited. I'm excited about presenting this program. Um, I'm always excited to do it at Pine Ridge. It sounds so great in that space. Me too. This will be the first um, time I've ever performed at Pine Ridge. Yeah, and I think for Shara as well, because I don't think she's always been able to <laughs> to do it. So, um, yeah. Well, it's, the percussion, we don't get invited very often. This is, this is probably the only time you've I've had percussion at this concert. You and the brass players, you guys just don't yeah. get... You don't get much, so... Um, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, 
and you know uh, so yeah this is great and then we'll be on to the next one yep saturday february 11th 2023 7 30 p.m yes p.m and it's free it is free. It is and free. It's at Pine Ridge Presbyterian Church. And I'm I'm telling I'm telling you probably inter, you know I plan these things right so intermission should hit around at eight oh five. We'll be back at it eight twenty. We'll probably be wrapping up by eight forty five between eight forty five and nine. So home for dessert. That's right. Or out for dessert. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, thank you again to our sponsors, uh, Casey Strings and the Youth Music Academy, and we will see you. Uh, on Saturday. Absolutely. Concert Cast! Concert Cast! Concert Cast! Concert Cast!